gangsters, what's up guys? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stream Beat. No Alex Musabai, he is banned. Did not want to watch stream uh, did not want to watch this fantastic movie called The Batman by Matt Reeves. I uh, don't know why. Get in his comments, yell drip drop at him. Yeah. Get on his, his ass cuz this movie was a fantastic piece of cinema. With me today to discuss it is Mr. Cooper Moorhead. How you guys doing? Very well, Coop. Excited to have you back on. This was a movie that I felt like I, I needed your distinct perspective on. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. We've obviously had you on multiple times. And every time I, I really like what you bring to the table. And uh, and I'm really curious to, to dive in with you about this one. For sure. And I think uh, just for the rest of the pod, I don't think I'm going to be Cooper. I think you should refer to me as, as Vengeance. <laughs> as Vengeance. Let's go. All right, and making a stream to be debut, Mr. Joey Hauschauer. Joey, how are yeah. you? I mean, I'm great. I love it. You know, first time, long time. <laughs> uh, big fan of the pod, obviously. Big fan of this movie, and I can't wait to talk about it. Also, you guys should just call me Catwoman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. I guess I'm Jim Gordon because the, the, those are the three big stars outside of the Riddler, obviously. Uh, but let's just dive right into it. Coop, what did you think about this movie overall? Yeah, I loved it off the top. Um, I mean, just to go back a little bit, I wasn't really, a, I think we talked about this um, with the, when we were going over Spider-Man, but I wasn't a huge DC guy growing up. Um, I grew up, like a lot of people in their 30s and 40s by now, I grew up on the, the Batman animated series, of course, which is I think still holds up as one of the better like artistic achievements in, in, in any form of animation. But I didn't really, I wasn't super into the Batman movies. I mean, the Joel Schumacher ones came out. And you see them in theaters, you're like, oh, this is great, like for a kid's birthday party. But no lasting effects of impact of those on me. But once Begins came out, I, um, I remember I had a spring break in college where I had to stay back at school to, for work. So I was super bored, and I wandered in a comic book shop in Boston. And... I was talking to the guy who worked there and he eventually recommended me like a whole stack of Batman graphic novels. And having seen Begins, I started to get a little bit more interested in the character again. And I think in about two days, I read The Long Halloween, Hush, uh, Year One, and The Dark Knight Returns, probably a couple others. Um, just the real classic, you know, Batman stories. Um, and and then I, I my, my horizons broadened with the character. I kind of fell in love with the, the different takes on him. But from then on, I, I never felt, and I still don't feel like until now, we had gotten a true graphic novel representation of the character. I mean, we'll talk about the Nolan films and compare and contrast probably a little bit later, but those films still feel very much of the early 2000s where comic book movies were a little ashamed of what they were still. Yeah. You know, they were still trying to, quote unquote, ground things in reality for the viewers. And this is pre um you know, Iron Man was just coming out around then, and and that was just an honest to goodness comic book take on a character. So I feel like ever since I read those those graphic novels, I've just been waiting for the comic book Batman um, for so long, and that's really what I feel like we got here. We got um, just a beautiful looking movie, a beautiful sounding movie, well acted, and it feels like you're you're watching a three hour graphic novel, which maybe. Um, it, it sounds like from the public reaction, your mileage might vary a bit on that. For me, I found it totally engrossing, and that those three hours felt like they went by in about ninety minutes. I loved, I loved the entire thing. Very well said, Vengeance. Uh, Joey, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta agree with all that. I love this movie. I think that um, you know we were seeing things 
for in a Batman film that we haven't seen before. Like, for example, I really loved the, you know, the detective aspect of it. Finally, we were getting a little bit more of a detective film. It felt more like a, like a noir than a, than a comic book film. And, uh, you know, like Coop said, just like the cast, I mean, just acting was amazing. The set design was awesome. The look, I mean, it was just, you know, almost like a perfect film, you know? No, I, I agree, man. Like, uh, I actually, so, so I, I know Coop, uh, we talked about this before, but I was going into Spider-Man, uh, no way home blind. And I was actively avoiding trailers, spoilers, everything. I kind of accidentally went through this one blind too. I, I missed every trailer somehow. I don't know. I didn't know. I honestly did not know who the villain was until the week of the movie. Cause uh, I, cause Christian put it in the, in the stream beat chat that uh, he had seen it and Riddler was great. I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I almost did it. I almost did it. But uh, let's get right into that. Riddler, um, what do you, I, I love the choice of Riddler for this detective aspect of it yep. to really challenge uh, Batman. And uh, I thought it was a fen- phenomenal choice mm-hmm. there. I, I was curious if what they were going to do with Court of Owls. Uh, I think that they kind of put some stuff in there that, may see that in the future in a sequel uh but i i really love the choice of of riddler and and um the the choice of actor he did a phenomenal job uh what, what did you think Coop? well first of all I, you know the, there are comparisons of this and, and obviously seven and zodiac and the, yes. and the yeah. david fincher style for sure the one thing i wish they had been able to pull off and maybe it's not possible anymore but with seven remember at the time um nobody knew who the villain was in that movie though he was uncredited um and this time i wish they'd been, they'd been able to do that with paul dano i wish like he had somehow been kept yeah. out of the news and obviously even with no way home they tried to do that a little bit and it came off really kind of cheesy and and they weren't <laughs> able to keep those secrets but it would have been awesome if we didn't know paul dano was going to show up when they finally unmasked him but as for the riddler i thought he was really interestingly well done that opening scene where it kind of starts out and you think it's like are we seeing the waynes get murdered for the 20th yeah. time again <laughs> but then you get the the shot of him in the darkness just kind of standing there and he makes that squealing sound when he goes in for the kill i thought okay yeah. now i see we're, we're we have an actual take here there's there's a perspective on this character and i'd say the two things i really loved about it were um the fact that he was one version of himself with all the, the mysteries and the clues and, and the videos he was leaving. But then towards the end, when you see him on his Twitch stream, and he, gives, <laughs> he hits everybody with the like, hey, guys, like and subscribe, a level of stuff. Um, I thought the dichotomy was great. And then that played into the fact that he really honestly seemed like he thought he was working with Batman most of the yeah. time. Or he was at least a somewhat of a Batman fanboy. And the disappointment that go, crosses his face when Batman shuts him down in that interrogation scene, I thought yeah. really solidified the entire um, take on the character, which is great. And by the way, in that scene, I also love the um, the fake out where you think he knows Batman's oh, identity. Yeah. Bruce Wayne part. I love that. Um, yeah, Dano did a great job. It's not as flashy a role as some other, um, some other Batman villains just because you're under a mask the entire time. Um, but he nailed it. I don't know, man. I thought I, I I don't know if he competes with Jim Carrey. That's my take on that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Joey, what do you think about him and uh, his performance overall? I mean, I, I got the news like everyone else did. You know, I would see it online. Paul Dano cast as the Riddler, and I was like, perfect. You know, I mean, throughout his career, he's played a weirdo. I mean, he's <laughs> he's a, he's a great character actor, one of the best actors probably working right now. Not a lot of people know who he is, but I mean just look at the stuff he's been in, you know, like prisoners, there will be blood, you know, like just those two roles themselves should get you hyped for something like the Riddler. And, you know, I was like, I was a big fan of how he looked. He really did look like the, like a take on the Zodiac killer, even with like the emblem on his, on his chest and everything. And, uh, you know, like Coop said, that first scene really just sets the tone on like what kind of movie this is going to be. And I felt the same way, just hearing him while he's doing that, you know, just hearing a person do it. it, I was like, wow, okay, this is just right off the bat. This is what we're getting. Awesome. So, yeah, I was just super impressed by his 
performance and like you know maybe like like Coop said not the flashiest like you're not going to see a, a Jim Carrey spandex outfit <laughs> um, but I think it was done in probably the best way a Riddler could be put on screen in a realistic uh, uh, format. No, for sure, and and to make him a threat, to make yeah. him like like not a completely loony uh, threat like he was in in the uh, Jim Carrey take on it, which you know that at that point, like you said, Coop, it was just very they didn't know what comic book movies could be. Yeah, uh, they were still trying to struggle with that balance and stuff. And, and I, I, I was just gonna say, I thought they like the the. One of the weirdest parts about all these movies is you never know what the henchmen are doing. Like, why are you working for these guys? <laughs> and he actually, like, the way he played the character made it, you realize, oh, I could totally see how some people would be radicalized mm-hmm. by this guy's yeah. streams. And and when the henchmen showed up at the end, it was a kind of a legitimate surprise because it seemed like he was going to be uh, just by himself the whole movie. Yeah, and it just shows that incels are the real enemy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, um, actually, just some news. For, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this. Uh, two days ago, it was announced that a uh, new Riddler comic book is going to hit stores uh, written by Paul Dano. Uh, oh, wow. It's going to be called Riddler Year One. And it's going to be a take uh, on his beginnings uh, uh, leading up to the to the Batman, which I think is really interesting. I, I, I don't recall anything like that. In the past, uh, and I, I find it extra interesting that he's writing it, not like just like a little prequel thing, because we've seen stuff like that. Marvel does that too, some, some title lead-ins and stuff. Uh, but I, I'm really curious because uh, we've seen, you know, a lot of character actors, famously um, the the Joker. Scott, wow, his name just blanked me. Um, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, yeah. Uh, Heath Led- like these character actors will dive into these characters and like have all these back lo- backlog lore in in their head, uh, headcanon to to kind of feed into their character and, and and give them some more background and and help themselves to dive in more. But we I, we haven't really seen anything shared like this, so I'm I'm really curious about that. Coop, as a comic book fan, are you going to dive into this? I think it actually sounds really interesting the way you described it. Um... Ryan's, I don't know if you guys have seen it, The Vanishing mm, from the yeah. 80s. Of which course. One of the, it's not even a horror movie, but it's one of the scariest movies I've ever Best seen. Best ending, too. And great ending. But the character in that, without spoiling it for people, even though it's you know 40 years old, is that <laughs> like half the movie is watching a serial, serial killer learn and teach himself how to be a, a murderer. And he's just sort of an everyday guy walking around, eating at coffee shops, really figuring out the mechanics of how to kidnap and murder people. So that's what this Riddler comic book sounds like. And it sounds um, really interesting that way because you could, you can imagine that this guy, from the way he's portrayed in the movie, like hold up with all those diaries um, in his apartment. He's probably been sitting and playing this stuff out for a while, yeah, and and probably failing a few times before he figured out yeah. his master plan. No, for sure. And and I love that you brought up his apartment because it just reminded me that you can see in the very beginning, in the first time that Batman uh, walks up to, to uh, Penguin's little hideout or whatever, mm-hmm. and he and they leave and you see the whole uh, open shot of the whole uh, like night sky uh, skyline and everything. You can see the apartment of the Riddler, him, him there, actually there taking pictures of, of them. And stuff, and that's thirty minutes into the movie. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even see that the first time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see. I didn't catch it either. And then I saw. I saw one of those little breakdowns and stuff, and and they took a screenshot of it. And it's it's amazing how how great this movie did of just like planting little clues and stuff. Even in the beginning, when the Riddler like uh, is killing the mayor, and uh, ha- the little weapon is it ends up being the, the thing that Batman uses to break up uh, mm-hmm. the thing in, in his in his apartment. Uh, just little things like that. That I, the attention to detail in this movie was so good. Um, I, I was uh, laughing at that that whole clue with the um, the span the mistranslation in Spanish. Yeah, that was, was Halata like, or what? Was yeah, it? <laughs> just using the wrong uh, gender in, in the word. I, I was laughing at it the whole time because I was like, "That's not how it should be said." And then it actually gets pointed out that this is something they overlook. Yeah. You can really see the attention to detail that. Uh, Batman is just completely new to this, and Gordon too. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about them. Uh, let's start with with Batman, Robert Pattinson. How'd you, how, Coop? How do you think he did? 
Uh, how do you feel at, when he when you heard he was casted as Batman, and how do you think he uh, exceeded your expectations or or whatnot? I, you know, I can't remember. I feel like there was a little bit of backlash or at least confusion when always. he was cast. Always backlash. Every right. But I, I'm pretty sure the moment it happened, like you can check my receipts. I think I have a tweet saying that he's gonna he's gonna nail it because Pattinson's a good. <laughs> he's like Dano. He's one of the best character actors we have working in Hollywood, and and I don't know if he's gotten you know enough respect for that yet. Yes. Um, but the take and and some of the criticisms I've seen in this movie has been like that's that's not how my Batman, that's not how my Bruce Wayne acts, and I I guess I get that, but this is a year two. Batman and he's he's young. He played Bruce Wayne very self-involved, very kind of naive despite being hyper intelligent and having all these skills. And I love that you know outside when he was Bruce Wayne, he was just a, a mess. He's a wreck. He's ruining the he's ruining his own company. He hasn't really figured out how to how to help Gotham beyond what how Pattinson is playing him in the suit, which is just as a brute. I mean, he's literally going around doing what everybody says Batman does, which is go around and beat up people in the darkness. <laughs> um, and and eventually that evolves towards the end of the movie, which which we'll get to later. But you know, the his his physicality was, was excellent. I thought the you know the action in this movie was probably the best bad action we've got outside of that one yes. scene in in Batman v Superman, which mm-hmm. is otherwise a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> but Pattinson nailed it all. He I thought the voice. You know, it's always the Batman voice, and yeah. we've gone from you know Keaton's you know I'm Batman to to Christian Bale's growl and 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 Pattinson found a pitch and a tone somewhere in between there where it's not so um, ridiculous, but it's different from his his day to day voice where he's actually disguising his identity. But uh, Pattinson was great. I I have no complaints. I, I I understand where people are coming from where they don't like the portrayal, but it's the way his perspective and his take on it for what it was trying to be. I thought he nailed it. Same question, Joey. Yeah. I mean, home run casting. I remember where I was when I heard it and you know, same thing. I feel like you had heard a lot of backlash, but I think it was just from people that viewed him as, you know, team Edward in uh, a yeah. twilight yeah. and people haven't seen good time uh, by the Safdie brothers or they haven't seen the lighthouse where, I mean, like he, he could have been nominated for an Oscar for that performance. I mean, just so good. And I think that the same thing, the voice was amazing. It wasn't overdone. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Christian Bale got worse by uh, every, uh, <laughs> every movie. But I, I mean, I thought it was great. I did like how, you know, you saw that he was kind of, you know, just not in the public eye, not yet. And it, it seems like he could be open to that. You know what I mean? If he has to create a, the character of of Bruce Wayne to like go into public. So I thought he was awesome. I thought, I mean, a lot of people complain about uh, like the bangs, you know, he looked, he was the emo Batman, but (laughs) I I really thought it fit. I, I could see the gripe about not wanting his hair in his face, but I I mean, I, I assume by the next movie, it'll be, he'll have like a, a pullback or a comb over or something. I mean, if people are that worried, but Robert Pattinson as Batman, and I think he's signed for two more movies. I'm so excited to see his Batman progress. And for sure, Wayne. he looked dirty and like he looked like he <laughs> yeah. in the shower. And, and I love that they kept the eye black on when he was outside yeah. the suit. But yeah. yeah, he looked like a guy who would wake up. He hasn't showered and he's been in a rubber suit for an entire night. And then that's what his hair looked. I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty accurate. But I, I love what you brought up, Joey, about like he doesn't really understand the balance between Batman and, and Bruce Wayne. Because like this is in the story. A lot of people I've heard that complain a lot. But like if you pay attention to the movie, the whole they tell you that he doesn't pay attention to Bruce Wayne. He doesn't pay attention to the financials right. and the ongoing things. The, all the impact he can do as Bruce Wayne too. literally there would not be a movie if he was paying attention to as Bruce Wayne, because he would have seen that all, all these people and, and organizations are diving into the Wayne foundation and taking advantage of this. And he's not doing anything to stop of it, to stop it. And that's why he's a target of the Riddler. And that's like, if, if this is an issue after this movie in the, in the sequel, if he's still not, if he's not that persona of Bruce Wayne uh, in the sequel, then it's a problem. But this problem, I, I thought it played really, really well. I thought um, him not uh, seeing how he needs to have that mask of Bruce Wayne as well, that he 
just being Batman isn't enough and he can have more of an impact as Bruce Wayne as well. Not uh, like, and like that's, you know, that's the running joke uh, often on, on Twitter and stuff. You see like, Oh, Bruce Wayne could save a lot of lives just by donating money and stuff like that. But once the corruption's already there, you gotta, you gotta, uh, he's gotta do more than that. And obviously money's not going to throw a Joker away. There's already chaos inflicted in the, in Gotham. He's got to do more than that. He's got to be a balance and he's, he has, and in this movie, a big reason he fails uh, and is losing in the beginning, the, the, the big reason the Riddler created is because he has no balance. He's all Batman, yeah. no Bruce Wayne, and he's got to learn that balance. And I, I feel like at the end of the movie, where the story progresses, and where he, he comes into this movie, the creature of the night, and then the, the beautiful cinematography, which I want to get into, uh, that, that scene where the, the light is shining on him and he's the, finally the beacon of hope and he's saving mm-hmm. all these people from the flooding. Like, I think that was just done beautifully. Uh, let's get into dive into the cinematography. I think this was the most beautiful Batman film. Of course. Yeah. I don't think it's even close. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's, it's crazy because obviously Christopher Nolan, phenomenal director. Um, that, I feel like this movie puts those films to shame. Yeah, I mean... So Wally Pfister shot Dark Knight, but I'm not sure if he shot Begins or not. But um, but those movies at the time they had such an incredible scope, and they were shot in those you know with the giant IMAX cameras. So there's amazing like cityscape shots, but I never really felt like they looked particularly interesting. Um, you know, in any other in like close-up scenes or in action scenes, they just they you know they told a, a decent visual story with with the language there, but. But this, I mean, you've got shots like that op- that one scene in the beginning where he's, it's just darkness and he's slowly emerging from the darkness with the sound oh, of his boots going against yeah. the concrete or the way the the Batmobile chase is, sh- well, first of all, the introduction of the Batmobile again in darkness as it emerges from that little dock. Yeah, the, the Batmobile chase, which where the cameras are mounted like on the car and you're yeah, watching the chase through the, the rear view mirrors. And it looked like both a chase scene from the '70s, but also a little bit like um, that the um, the race to the hospital at the end of Prisoners, if you guys remember that yeah. one. Yeah, it's yep. shot very realistically. But the chase and it looks the chase scene looks different from everything else. It goes into a different mode. You've got that one amazing shot going into the club with entirely <laughs> so darkness, good. and it's only lit up by gunfire. Yeah, which okay, so I have to give a little credit to, and I, I'm sorry to bring up a bad movie, but the Resident Evil movie from this year, the new one, <laughs> not a good movie, but it has a scene just like that that's actually pretty incredible. <laughs> um, but yeah, Greg Fraser um, was the cinematographer who also just shot Dune, which is probably the best looking movie of last year. Okay, and he he nailed it all the way through the use of of lighting and shadows. Like I mentioned earlier, it's it's it feels like you're watching a graphic novel put on screen. And it was Fister for all the Batmans. I just yeah. confirmed that. Um, Joey, I know you wanted to dive in on the cinematography. Uh, you can also talk, start talking about the score, too. I thought the score was phenomenal as well. Yeah, I mean, you can't... Every Batman has that score. I mean, to also cast a Batman, you need to have a fire score with it, you know? And I thought, I thought that this Batman score was so simple. It was just a couple notes, you know what I mean? And it was... It was, it, it was, like I said, so simple, but just that's all it had to be. You know what I mean? And now you hear it, and now all I think is Batman. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just... Dun, 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 dun. But you bells. hear that now, and you're... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just get so hyped. And him coming in with that song, when he starts beating up the the um, the Halloween thugs, Yeah. I mean, what a great entrance for <laughs> Batman. And also... One that really stuck out to me is after the uh, the car chase, when uh, when the penguin is upside down, yes. and the camera is upside down as well with mm. the fire behind him. I mean, that's just the coolest like picture of Batman I've ever seen. It's and cool also about the trailer, by the way, I really wish. The yeah, hadn't shown that shot. that's yeah. why I'm so happy I didn't see any trailer. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, cinematographer of this movie did Dune, also did Zero Dark Thirty, mm-hmm. did Rogue One. You know what I mean? So yes, he did do Rogue One. Yeah, so I mean, guy knows what he's doing. So I thought the score, the cinematography, the shots, even the fights in the clubs where it's just the music and it's just him beating up people in the club. Mm-hmm. It's like 
that's how it would be. That's if Batman yeah. the music would still be going. There's no record scratch. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so it felt very real and it, like it was amazing. It's it's not, the say. DJ's not going to stop the music until I'm ready to run. <laughs> no, he might even change the song. You know? <laughs> this isn't the right mood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been listening to the soundtrack constantly. I mean, that's my new writing music right now, and it just the entire album plays plays perfectly. It, it's I only an drive my achievement. Yeah. I only drive my car to Something's in the Way by Nirvana now. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's your traffic song right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to get into uh, Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon because, uh, man, there was something about their chemistry in this film that I feel like, you know, obviously the, the Jim Gordon, Bruce Wayne, Batman relationship is uh, extremely important for Batman. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this one was a – was very like I felt like Jim Gordon was extremely more involved in this one because it it felt like a, a I was I'm gonna say a buddy cop but yeah obviously the non uh, comedic form uh, but it, it did feel like they were together this like against everyone else and everyone else is a sp- suspect they were the only two people they trusted and I thought they worked really well together how do you think Coop yeah it actually reminded me of um because we just got No Time to Die last year, and it reminded me of the way Wright plays off um, James Bond in those movies, too. Mm-hmm. Just that there's inherent trust there when everything else is kind of chaotic around them. Um, but Wright was great. He, <laughs> I, you know, it was, kind of, it was an interesting choice to also play him in such a, a hushed manner when you've already got what, what Pattinson is doing, so it creates some pretty low-volume scenes. Um, but it, it actually did feel like a buddy cop, and it was a little funny in that scene in the, um, in the police department. When yeah. he's like sidling up to him and telling him to punch him in the <laughs> face, like you know, this is not a comedy, but it got a few laughs out of me. Um, <laughs> but did. yeah, right was you know, I'm, he's a, like, I'm and a, he's like, you could have pulled back a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm a huge, huge Gary Oldman fan. I yes. love Gary Oldman. I never really felt like he got a lot to chew on in those movies. He, even though he was a featured character, it always felt like he was a little sidelined. Um, and I never thought the writing for that character was particularly great. Even I mean, it was okay. It just I, I never came away from that trilogy thinking they made the most of having Gary Oldman um, on set. And and with right here, I don't think he's wasted for a second. I agree, Joey. How did how did you feel about it? How, are you were you a fan of right before this? Love Jeffrey Wright. I mean, same thing. Great character actor. Anything you put him in, he, there's just some type of like gravitas that he has where I'll just listen to anything he says. He has a great voice, (laughs) you know, and also to fill the shoes of a Gary Oldman who is, you know, regarded as one of the greatest actors alive ever um, is, is, is a huge task. So I think also like you guys are saying, you know, kind of like a buddy cop film. That's, it is what it felt like. Is it, he's still Lieutenant Gordon. If that he's not, you know, he seems to still be an underling and he has people he has to answer to. So it's cool that he doesn't have all the power yet, and nor does Batman. It seems yeah. like they're going to come up together. I don't know. It, it, it's it's going to be cool to watch him, you know, change from this type, this this James Gordon to maybe commissioner in the third film or second. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Definitely. And and it really felt like like I I, I felt with the Gary Oldman one. I, I I agree with it was partly the script. I have to rewatch those films just to get a new perspective on them. I haven't rewatched. I, I don't think I've rewatched Batman Begins since like right before Dark Knight I mean, Rises. And Begins, it's one of the better ones. In Begins, they have literally they have Gary Oldman saying, "I've got to get me one of those." Like this, oh, that's a terrible really line. cheesy yeah. comic book line sometimes with him. <laughs> but it, it's that like the the thing about Gordon, he's supposed to be this guy that he wants to tote that line between vigilante and cop, and he knows yeah. he can't because he knows he needs to be a good cop. And Batman's his his liaison into doing so into doing what needs to go beyond the law to get what what's right done because that gordon is supposed to be uh he's supposed to he understands what's right and what's right isn't always going to be what's uh gonna be able to happen and with what he's capable of but he him and batman are supposed to you know work together to get they're on the same side they're supposed to get work together and get what's right and what's good uh to happen but it i I really haven't felt that combination of of them as a duo they they've Mm -hmm. kind of both been like going towards the same way but not really helping each other as much as they could 
And yeah. that's that's been a, a big fault of the scripts. Obviously, screenwriting is very hard. That's why they get paid big <laughs> bucks. But I feel like in, in that understanding hasn't been, really been done until this film, and I loved it. Um, I want to dive into Andy Serkis because that was <laughs> honestly I had kind of heard about every every casting before this. Besides him and John Torturo, I had no idea Andy Serkis was going to be Alfred. <laughs> And I kind of loved it. I kind of yeah. loved his portrayal of, of uh, Alfred. Yeah, he gets a little sidelined, but um, but yeah, especially in the, the third act, right? But the, when their first conversation, when Bruce hits him with the "You're not my father," <laughs> I knew I was like, "Oh man, something bad's gonna happen to Alfred." Like you don't throw that line in without That's true. having to come back around and making Batman <laughs> feel guilty about it. Um, but Circus is great. I mean, he's great in everything he does. He is, he and is. it's not a surprise. I mean, he was he was obviously. Um, he was Caesar in the in the Apes movies, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's a wonderful actor, whether he's being animated or not. Um, I wish he had been able to do a little bit more, but you know he'll be in the sequels, so I'm sure his 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 particular style of um, sarcastic parenting with Bruce will <laughs> will evolve a little bit. What about you, Joey? How do you feel about Circus? Love Andy Circus. I like that this is the take that they're that they're going with, where he's not really the more of a father figure. Like, um, starting to, uh, I'm sorry, I, he's totally Michael blanking. Kane. Yeah, Michael Caine, and he's not as cool as Jeremy Irons. And I, I like Jeremy Irons as Alfred. I thought he was like cool that he was also, um, you know, kind of working everything for Batman, really helping him out. But this one where he's you know, has some type of training where he's the one who has trained Bruce is a cool, it's a cool look that we haven't seen. And he's, you know, he's a little bit younger. And, uh, you know, when that thing happens to him, I uh, I was like, is that it? <laughs> I was like, they got some balls on them for doing that so mm -hmm. soon. But uh, I'm glad they didn't. And, uh, you know, get both those checks, uh, Mr. Circus. <laughs> you know, get those Marvel and those checks. Oh yeah, yeah. That would have ruined it for me, but no, I, I agree. He was phenomenal. Um, his... I love John Totoro though as Carmine Falcone, which is yeah. someone that I didn't even know he was going to be in the movie, and he played it so much better than the uh, than the actor did in um in Batman Begins. I just liked that type oh, of like like yeah. a greasy, you know, a real sketchy, shady one, and it kind of took notes off of uh, the character from like Long Halloween, which I really liked. Yeah. yeah. No, he was he was fantastic as well, man. He he has uh he he really captures that slime ball that 100%. you can't touch me slime ball <laughs> yeah. that is needed. That because he he ha he knows he's got his fingers everywhere. And if you touch that, then he uh, he's got somebody else to get you. Like yeah. that kind of thing. That he he's he's got he he it's like he's hedging his bets everywhere in, in Gotham and uh and he just ha has that free reign, which I loved it. John Torturo was such a unique choice. I would not have predicted yeah. him as like a crime boss like that. Um, but I really need to get into the, the surprise of this film for me. Uh, Colin Farrell and his makeup. Just yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. What did you guys think from seeing the makeup first and then seeing him in the movie? Because I had different thought when I saw the makeup, I thought it was a little silly, and then in the movie, I thought it worked perfectly. Yeah, once once I saw it on film, it, it came off really well. I think just sometimes prosthetics look really—you have to have the right lighting to make it look <laughs> yeah. good. But I mean, really, I don't know how you would recognize him if you don't know that that's him. There's so few yeah. of his actual facial characteristics, but the face still moves he's still able to like act with his face which was surprising to me because he's obviously buried under quite a lot of makeup yeah i i didn't see the initial like uh photos and stuff which i'm very happy because that yeah. would have taken some away from me but I, i'm immensely surprised that he's actually going to do a, a spin-off tv show for it yeah because that just hair and makeup must be a such a drag, and he's gonna do that for a TV series. That's gonna be that's gotta be insane for him. Yeah. Um, I thought he was phenomenal in this role as well. Um, just that that slime ballness that that the the penguin is that he's just he's yeah. just such a dick. <laughs> he's just and, such al a dick. and also I like that it really wasn't you know like the Oswald Cobblepot that we know. It was just it seemed very like Al Capone. Yeah, you know he was like more of like a like a like a mobster. Which I also like how they set it up towards the end where he's getting the reins and, you know what I mean? I'm excited to see even if he's in the next couple movies and I hope he is because, I mean, to get someone like Colin Farrell just to play a role like that, 
is killer. How do you guys feel about that aspect of uh, the Batman films that there's never really like just one villain? Like you, always, it's usually two in there somewhere, Monster like week. one yeah. with like a lesser role. There, there's always someone. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? I, I think it's a unique take on him. I, I personally, I like it because again, with the, with the graphic graphic novel aspect, if all those big long stories have more than one member of the Rose Gallery, and yeah. usually it's like five, six, or seven, and one, and he'll bounce from one issue in the story to the next. So that's that's part of why. I mean, obviously they do it because it's hard to fill three hours with one with one villain, <laughs> um, unless you have Jack Nicholson just going off and dancing the prince and everything like that. Um, but I, I think it, it works well, and, I, and you know, Marvel's doing the same thing. They're starting Marvel's. There's never just one villain. There's always a side villain. There's always a character who links the next yeah. movie, um, which which is good corporate, you know, <laughs> filmmaking, good universe building, but it also gives you a chance to 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 cram in as many pretty incredible character actors as you can get in yeah yeah no but it's 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 interesting to me because i feel like batman's kind of the ones who like you know obviously you get the uh two-face and and riddler one of the 90s but even even the joker uh i mean even in the dark knight it's it's joker and two-face and i i really like that balance because they do a really good job of getting two two villains that affect bruce wayne one effect as attacking bruce wayne and one is attacking yeah. batman and that dual persona like obviously every superhero that has a an important uh secret identity has to balance that um find that balance of their personas and their alter ego um but i i think bruce wayne is obviously the the one that has to balance it the most because he has the most effect as bruce wayne like Peter Parker's just a guy. Clark Kent is supposed to be just a guy. Bat- Bruce Wayne is a billionaire. Like mm. he can do some shit. <laughs> uh, and I, I really enjoyed this. And then obviously at the end we get uh, the little sneak. Like you talked about Marvel setting it up, but you know they set up with with uh, Barry Keegan. The How do you guys feel about that? Um, that might be the only thing I'm a little unsure about with the movie. <laughs> yeah. To be honest. Uh, the it's casting or, the, or sneaking him in there? Both. I was surprised that that scene happened during the movie and it wasn't after the credits because it happened before, I think, for like the actual epilogue. Yeah. Um, so it felt a little crammed in. I don't, I think I like Barry Keegan a lot. I think he can do something with the role. That scene wasn't particularly flattering to him. Um, <laughs> I didn't really love like the, the screenwriting for that part. And also just the makeup through the the little slit in the in the glass or whatever it was I, at first to be honest i thought he was two-faced it, mm-hmm. it looked a little it threw me off um and i'm still not sure yeah, what it's supposed to look like hard. exactly really yeah hard. so i'm i'm open to it but i definitely came out of it not necessarily excited for that take on the character yet I, even though I, i'm pretty sure keegan will figure something out well, I, I I feel the same way. I just I think I'm getting a little bit of like a Joker um, exhaustion because I love the Joaquin Phoenix one. Uh, I thought that was great. Um, I maybe had some hopes that they were might have tried to tie those two together just because of the griminess. Um, but it, it's cool. I I do love the actor. I loved him in a uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I think he's in Green Knight for a second. Pretty great. Uh, he does really remind me of Alex Winter in a uh, Freaked. Just from just <laughs> just that real yeah. quick. Uh, but I did like it, and it, it, it did seem like an after credit scene. It seemed like it was just filmed maybe after all the production. And uh, I I guess we're going to see a Joker-Riddler team up. I assume so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I did think it was a little early. Uh, I, I, too, have the, that exhaustion of the Joker. Just he Like, every Batman trilogy has to have the Joker at one point. And I, I just kind of want you know, let it breathe. There's, uh, they have yeah. so many villains that they haven't even touched. Uh, I would love Mr. Freeze to get another shot. Mm. Um, but I, obviously, they're going to try to go into like the more mob style of that, and before they let, before they go into that. So I, I can see why they wanted to do Joker. Um, you know, but I, I kind of like the idea of you know, give me some. Poison Ivy, some somebody that they haven't really touched upon in a while. They have so many good villains for Batman that they they can just let it 
breathe. I would love to just do court of owls. Just do court of owls for the second yeah. one. That would be phenomenal. Um, you can do hush. You can do, there's so many great comics that you could take fully and, and adapted that I, I don't I don't think you need the Joker yet. I hope I hope he's doing a behind the scenes in the second one and he's not the the villain yeah. in the second one. It I would be. love to see a um, a uh, Mister Freeze in a realistic uh, type of situation because. I, I can't think of one where it wouldn't look silly, but I would love to see a design team really work on that so it looks realistic and yes. you know, him, him using ice somehow is not and, funny. And, and Mr. Freeze has like a completely redeemable quality, like of course. reason uh, to, to do what he does. Uh, and, he's, a and, like, he's a lot like Doc Ock in Spider-Man yeah, 2. Yeah, exactly. And Poison Ivy too. Uh, and Poison Ivy's gotten a lot of uh, popularity again uh, with the, um, what's her name? Uh, with the Harley Quinn show. Uh, so I, I would love to do that. Yeah. See her as well. She's she's just you know an, an environmentalist that wants to see you know things get get you know the, the planet take be taken care of and stuff like that. Well, even if they're even if they're doing you know more realistic detective style stuff, uh, I would like to see maybe like a Victor Zaz. You know, like let mm. me see like a real a psychopathic like crazy villain that maybe it doesn't have to be so silly. It'll just He's a serial killer, and Batman's looking for a serial killer. That'd be cool. Calendar yeah. Man, let's do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see um, what's this guy's name? I'm trying to think. Uh, there, there's there's so many good options. I don't want to see Bane again. Let me see Clayface. I think Clayface would be cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, I I like I I, I want to let Raza Ghoul breathe a little bit. Uh, Scarecrow, maybe. He was so good. In in the Christopher Nolan one, actually, if they're doing the mob, don't they have to get into Mad Hatter at some point? Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, one I would love to see how, awesome. how they. It's cheesy, but I, I could see a really dark take on that. That would work. Yeah, of course. I, I would awesome. love Two Face to get another shot. I would love Two Face to get like to be the central villain in in one of these. Yeah, films. Uh, I think. They did such a great job with uh, in the Dark Knight. Aaron Eckert. Aaron Eckert, he was phenomenal. Um, and I, I oh, what, what was that, Coop? You I agree. That? I agree. I think Eckert was just okay. I, I don't think he was amazing in that movie. I just think he was okay. I don't. I don't think he did the Two Face part particularly well. Okay. He did, he, yeah, when he was trying to be, you know, the light in the darkness and the great hope of Gotham, he sold that reasonably well. Um, well, I just I I've never thought of the Dark Knight and thought, man, Eckhart just killed that role. Really? Okay. But that role is also I feel like a uh, it's two. I mean, no pun intended. It is two roles because it is you have to have a, a sensibility with like a Harvey Dent, but then also be a complete lunatic with Two Face. So I mean, I yeah. again give it to another character actor and just just let him chew the scenery. That'd be awesome. I I, I do agree. I think his Harvey Dent won me over so much. Yeah. That- uh, maybe I'm overlooking the Two Face aspect of it, but it is that that you got to go beyond like uh, beyond like norma- normalcy with with Two Face. He's got to be weird and crazy and like yeah. completely lost. Uh, and then I, I I liked in you know I don't want to talk too much about it, but you, you know using a shared love interest uh, as his reason for spiraling out of control uh, was a nice touch, but. I, I would like I would like to see this Batman how he would ha- handle this balance, especially in in a movie where he's going to be t- really focused on on getting that balance with Bruce Wayne. I think it would be an interesting take on it. Well, um, uh, speaking of love interest, we've we've made it like forty minutes without talking about Zoe Kravitz yet. Um, yeah, yeah, that's got to be a record. And, and she has was to be a record. <laughs> she was awesome. Um, I mean, I just. The, there, there aren't enough superlatives for 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 what she did. Her just her physical acting. I'm sure there's stunt doubles for some of the fight scenes, but the way she's like, you can tell she's really consciously trying to move like a cat, like really accenting her movements when she's walking around. Um, but even when she's not being Catwoman, when she's um, walking into the club with the earpiece in, she's talking with Batman um, in that scene. I thought she sold that entire thing, her her paranoia about the situation, incredibly well, and. I mean, she's obviously gorgeous, and she nailed. She looks great the entire movie. I, I, I could not have possibly asked her to be any better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a huge departure from Anne Hathaway, who I don't think was the best Catwoman. You know, and then up yeah. against that, you have Michelle Pfeiffer, who killed the role. Uh, 
but it, I didn't really watch the, uh, the the television series before that. But yeah, Zoe Kravitz killed it. Same thing though. Once you saw the uh, the casting, once you got the headline, you were like, I mean, perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, she's huge right now. She's a she's a good actress. You know, she is very attractive, and you know, maybe might have been the perfect the choice for this Catwoman in this universe. Mm-hmm. And she's badass. You know, like she could really kick someone's ass, and it's not. It doesn't seem like oh, they're just you know, trying to make her look sexy fighting. Like, no, it looks like she could just beat somebody up. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no, there's no way you can convince me. And halfway could kick like these big guys. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like she, I, she I would see a manager she... before she, uh, <laughs> sure she would, uh, fight somebody. Karen woman. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but Zoe was so good. Um, she was, she was a scene stealer. Uh, every time she walked in, she's just like uh, demands the attention of everybody. I, I like I loved her stealth uh, scenes when she went in to, to rob the, the safe to see what was what was in there and get her friends' belongings and stuff. Uh, she they they obviously had phenomenal chemistry. Um, I really enjoyed her. I hope she comes back. Yeah, I hope she comes back. Even you know, Catwoman's always been this kind of like not not like a, a menace to her, to him, but just like like a pest a little bit where he, mm-hmm. she just gets in the way and he's trying mm-hmm. not to, to bother her and not to, you know, he's trying to stop her and stuff, but he's still trying to make sure that he is focused and, and she does a great job uh, fucking with his mind and fucking with the focus. And uh, Zoe Kravis can, would do that to anybody. I, you can't blame him. You can't blame him sure. for that. No, no. And, and so I actually thought her height was a really good asset here. I was, mm-hmm. I was unsure about it at first because I mean, she is on the shorter side, but the way it, it contrasted with with Pattinson's height was was really great, and it fe- really made you feel like she could get into anywhere. You know? What yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah, I, I do want to poke into the uh, the bat suit. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about it? I'm I'm not mad at it. Re- you know, in reference of it is his second year, and it does look like that. You know, the cowl has the stitching. It looks like almost like a leatherhead helmet, like an old football helmet. It looks like he made it, you know, he yeah. didn't get any help from Wayne enterprises down to the, the weird like arrows he has on him. It, it looks like he's just put that suit together himself. I love it. And especially like the flying squirrel aspect that was so realistic. I mean, that was what you would have to do to, to fly. And then the fact that he's not good at it, that he busts his ass <laughs> is even greater. And it even cements the point like, Hey, he's not Batman yet. You know? Yeah. No, it definitely was uh, one of those things where it's it's the first or second draft of the yeah. suit. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, I I love the the chest plate. I love the. Uh, it looks very good, very unique. It it looked very it looked protective, uh, but not like the final draft either. Like he's gonna get improve upon the design as years progress. What about you, uh, Vengeance? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Um, did. I, I really liked how they got around the whole problem of bat of people in the bat suit not being able to turn their head by actually yeah. making the cape kind of a cape, so it's connected to the yeah. neck piece rather than just being all in one with the with the helmet. Um, that was a really elegant way to get around it, and it actually looked it looked better than you would think because in in practice it could come off as he looks like, looks like Dracula or something, but <laughs> it looked really well. Um, the arrows you mentioned on his arm, did he ever use those? Because I was waiting the whole movie for him to actually use those arrows or whatever they were on his arms. I can't remember I don't a remember scene it. where he uses those at yeah. all. <laughs> there must have been something cut. Unless that's unless that's like the string for the um the graphing yeah. hook, maybe. Yeah. It might be. But yeah, I'm looking at a picture at it. That's now. a really it's weird way to organize it, I guess. I don't know. But what about I, the I, uh, I the Batmobile? How do you guys feel the Batmobile? The oh muscle car. God. Yeah, it's that's so all it is. It's like a souped-up muscle car. It sounded amazing. It did. Yeah. Crap. It sounded so menacing. That yeah. that that's that was my favorite aspect of it. Um, obviously, you know, he's gonna improve upon all of these gadgets and stuff. Um, did we do we even get batarangs this movie? Just no. the chest piece that he used to as a knife, but he never I don't think he ever threw anything. Yeah, well, that's obviously an iconic gadget, but I thought the Batmobile was a very, you know, very grounded aspect of it and yeah. a version of it. I mean, and it it looked great. It sounded great. The the scene, the chase scene when he f- flies through the flames was was so cool. something I'll never forget. 
Can we talk about how that scene is better than the chase scene in the Dark Knight? Or are we not ready to talk about that? No, no, hundred percent, we can. <laughs> very, yeah. very much agree. I mean, even, the, even the chase scene in a uh, Batman versus Superman is great. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the one part. Yeah, yeah. They, they have some moments there, but I mean, I, I, I think the the truck flip in the Dark Knight is an incredible stunt, and and uh, <laughs> take my hat off there. But the chase scene itself is kind of incomprehensible. <laughs> It doesn't make a lot of sense. They're like on Lower Wacker Drive in Chicago for like 30 minutes straight. Um, but th- this one, God, it just we talked about it earlier, but the cinematography and the way it looked, and you really felt like you were inside of those cars the entire because everything is shot in close up. And man, I that's that's one of my favorite chase scenes in any movie in probably the last decade. I mean, it especially with the way the soundtrack changes there for about five minutes, it felt like I was in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, it does feel which like Which is that. one of the highest compliments I think I can give for chasing. I would even say that the dark, the Batman Begins car chase is better than the Dark Knight one. I think it has mm. even more meaning to it with that score going crazy. So that's yeah. the one that sticks out to me in those trilogies. But uh, but like you said, it when I when I first saw the car, it really reminded me of like the first Mad Max. Mm. It just seems just like a souped up the, the interceptor. Know, like, right? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I, I do want to dive back into these uh, bat, the Batman Begins uh, tree, trilogy at one point, uh, just because I, I want to compare it and some things, you know, see what's aged well and what hasn't. We might do that as, as a future stream beat episode. Um, but overall, what what was your take? Does this rank above uh, the most popular Batman films for you? The best ones for you guys? I would say, yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorites. I think even The Dark Knight, I have like some problems with. I think Batman Begins is my favorite one out of those three. Favorite, I don't think it's, you know, you could say it's the best, but it's my favorite one. This yeah. one, you're not hearing the story again. You're not seeing the Martha thing. You're not, it's explaining <laughs> everything you need to see. It's just giving you enough where like, listen, you guys know Batman, this is what he's about. The acting is phenomenal to me right now because it just came out. It's, it has to be my top two favorite Batman films. What's your What's your other one? I it's first, but I don't even like. I don't even. Oh, like, I'll give it first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I did my rankings on Twitter like last week or so, and I I really wanted not to put it number one because I don't want to have that much recency bias. But yeah, I I couldn't talk myself out of it in this case. It's it's de- it's my favorite Batman movie. Um, there's there's nothing that any of the other movies does better than it other than have iconic performances. So like you can't take away a ledger. You can't take away the Joker from the dark Knight. but the back, the Batman has to me, better cinematography, better soundtrack, better cast of performances, not just one, one character. Um, the story is more interesting. It doesn't, I don't think, I think this one's going to hold up better on rewatch. The, the Nolan trilogy, the, every time I watch, I've actually stopped watching them because every time I watch them, they get a little worse. Like you oh, start seeing more and more that. cracks in the in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I hate to say it, but I think Christopher Nolan is, is like, Christopher Nolan tricked y'all, you know? Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's obviously an incredible technical filmmaker. And all, those three movies are all, they're incredibly propulsive. Like there's such a momentum to them. You you feel like you're just being swept away. Then the camera never stops moving. There's always some epic shot or insert into, into the proceedings. Um, but they just, none of them really, they don't hold up as complete movies as much other than Begins, which I, I don't think Begins is an amazing movie itself, but as a complete um, two-hour package, I think it's actually held, held up the best of the three. And Rises is just, I think Rises is kind of garbage it's just not a good movie at all despite the fact that tom hardy did pretty well um so for me this is the best batman movie i think i have it up there with um i'm a big i'm big on returns i think returns is great um and master the phantasm i think should get a shout out because it's that was a theatrical release so it deserves to be ranked and and to me phantasm is still better than um any of the nolan movies which of which i would rank begins first as well i went and looked it up here is cooper moorhead's official <laughs> batman ranking list the batman number one batman returns number two mask of the phantasm uh then batman begins the dark knight batman batman forever 
The Dark Knight Rises, Batman versus Superman, and Batman and Robin last. Wow. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> wow, I've never heard of somebody be so correct on the internet before. <laughs> <laughs> That's a phenomenal list. Um, I think it's my favorite too. Like I, I don't want to jump in there t- uh, with you guys and, and just love this movie. Um, just to give like a, a little different opinion, but it's it's just overall the the like a lot of the Dark Knight love it comes with Heath Ledger, and I, obviously he yeah. did a phenomenal job. Rest in peace. Um, but a lot of the, the the whole trilogy had a lot of script issues for me, mm-hmm. uh, just plot holes and stuff, and and just I felt like. Uh, choices were made that i didn't really love um the the in dark knight when he you know uh grabs uh uses the the, that sonic um software and and scopes out everything cell phone thing yeah the cell phone thing i thought that was so cheap yeah i thought that was the cheapest way out you could do and like it did not sell batman super genius uh it's it told me like obviously he wanted to, he was going for, uh, you know, he lost it. He's, he's met his match and he needs to do what's right and beat this guy no matter what. Cause it's very, uh, it's very military state. I yeah. mean, movies all have a very, I mean, I don't want to get, I'm not going to get political or anything, but there's very like, it's a little leaning one direction or the other. And everything he comes from, it comes from like, these are weapons I made for the mill for, for killing people. Yes, and now exactly. I'm just going to adapt it. And I get what they were doing to, to ground it and where could this tech come from? But, there's definitely like a, a military state underlined through all three of those movies. And but it, also, it's very Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and also like the thing that really bugs me about the Dark Knight Rises is that you don't know he's old until the uh, Lieutenant Dangle from Reno 911 tells you that he's <laughs> like, his knees aren't working. Right. But I, that really doesn't come through at all. You're just like, he looks the same. They haven't really built that up that, that he's yeah. old. So when he gets his ass kicked by Bane, I'm like, What's going on? You know, yeah. and I think that's one of the biggest things is that the character of like Bruce Wayne, you don't really see the progression. You just are told he's old and then he breaks his back and then fixes he's his old. back. I mean, the whole thing is a mess. And <laughs> and also, you know, with, with the Dark Knight, I would say that like once it gets to that part where they the, the, there's the two ships and they have to choose to which one to blow up. I'm yeah. o- I'm over that movie. I'm just like, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll turn it off. I watch it until then. Um, then I'm good. Yeah, you I don't mean, want... even in that part, you still have like the whole Joker, like the iconic "and here we <laughs> yeah. go" part. But that's oh, literally yeah. the only part of the last thirty minutes. I think is like worth the damn. It's just whatever yeah. Ledger's saying in that scene. It's a dud, and it 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 ends up being a dud. No, no explosion, and it kind of ends up like the the rest of the trilogy for me. Yeah. Like it's just a dud of a franchise. I hate. I really hated Dark Knight Rises when it came out, yeah. and I, so many people were telling me that it's so good because of Bane and stuff. And I like Bane. I, I like Bane, but great. the the whole so much of that plot was was about the uh, the stock market thing, which obviously <laughs> so that, that's the one of the biggest plot holes yeah. <laughs> I've ever seen. Because that would not if 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 that obviously if that happened, it you know the, just because a, a villain did that. Stock market's not gonna respect it. Oh, you know we gotta. Yeah. Bane did this. We gotta go with what he says. Sorry, no more money, Mr. Wayne. I was just like, I was so annoyed. I really, I really love, and I, and I don't expect everybody to love action movies the way I do. Um, you know, everybody has genres that they prefer over the other. But Christopher Nolan can't direct. He just can't direct action. I'm sorry, like his, his action scenes. He'll create like the Inception hallway scene, incredible concept. The docking scene, Interstellar, incredible concept, great scene. The whole construct of Dunkirk, like everything coming together in that movie, the machinations, brilliant. But when it comes to just like a guy fighting five other guys, he has never really put the effort into like actually making believable choreography. And that really holds those Nolan movies back because you see him training with the League of Shadows and he's supposed to be this master ninja guy. And you get that one cool scene in Begins with him um, at the docks where he's like yeah. using the shadows. But other than that, like anytime he has to fight somebody, he just looks like a complete doofus. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not believable at all. And at least in this one, even though they probably could have gone a little harder with it if it was rated R, um, you really felt the impact of every hit. I mean, this is, this is one of the few comic book movies, and this goes for Marvel as well, where 
I wasn't waiting for the action to end. I mean, yeah. even a lot of Marvel movies, I'm I'm like, okay, the Marvel the this is cool, and there's some cool character beats, um, but I'm always waiting for the big CGI action scene to end because I'm more interested in watching these characters interact with one another. Yeah, and in this one, every time the action comes through, I'm like, holy crap, can I get some more of that? And it's funny to hear that this movie is three hours long, and and I, and I understand if you know some people just don't like three hours. If you have kids, I got kids. I, I'm not gonna be able to watch this movie again for a while. <laughs> but it just happens to be it's the longest Batman movie with actually the best action in it. Like it's the yeah. best blockbuster movie that just happens to be stretched out into three hour serial killer movie. So it's a guy. Yeah. It's it's living in a, in a little bit of both worlds at the same time. I, I would just say also. Um... You know, I really liked in the Batman how, you know, he's he's just beating people up and it looks and you can hear it all. It's not like pretty. It sounds like what it would be like if a man in a suit was just beating the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. And also, I really liked the um, almost like the adrenaline shot that he shot up. It was Venom, and, wasn't it? Which is like bring that has to be a connection to Bane, right? That has yeah. to be. So, I mean, even to set that up so subtly without being like, it's Bane, wink, wink. <laughs> um, even that was just a cool idea because he's still human, you know? So he really does need something that he could just go over the top. And then to see him not stop beating that guy up and have to be restrained is just yeah. shows that he's even more, less superhero and more just a dude who, who's just beating people up at this point in his career. He's unhinged. He's so... Yeah. Far, he's, he's so far for far a lunatic right now that he's he is he has some semblance of good right now but he he's still understanding uh what he needs to do and how he can uh be a, a better hero right now he's he this whole movie is about him learning that he is a can be a beacon of hope for these people and instead of just being a menace of vigilante and uh i think this movie ultimately succeeded in that in that transition and 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 doing it the making the third act him you know he can't operate in the shadows in this he's got to save people he's got to be in the spotlight uh i think that was a a fantastic choice he uh obviously you know he couldn't save the mayor uh but he uh he did a great job saving all those people uh madison square garden let's talk about it it's finally gone the Knicks are are <laughs> are no longer uh, a problem for Coop for your day job. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We won't get into that. We don't. We want Coop back. Uh, I was, <laughs> I, one last thing about just him as the Batman. I love that the name of the movie is the Batman, and for a three hour movie, he's the Batman yeah. most of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't see that a lot in the other movies. You see, you know, maybe he's Bruce he's Wayne. Batman. He's he's being charming. No, he's just Batman this whole time. And like Coop said earlier, he's just like a kid who doesn't want to take this uniform off because that's how he feels comfortable as the Batman. It's it's literally like Lego Batman when he's just in, <laughs> yeah, in his yeah. underwear with the cowl on. Yeah. And and Coop, you need to update your rankings. You got to include Lego Batman in there. I just hadn't seen it, and so I I watched it on a plane. <laughs> I didn't feel comfortable ranking it, but it, it is good from what I remember. I just didn't want to put it in there. It's definitely above rises, at least. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, but you, but you did bring up the, the garden scene, and I thought that was, I've I've seen third act criticisms, and I can I can kind of understand that a little bit, but I actually thought most of that was pretty effective. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't know if I'm you know, the movie makes you uncomfortable with the undertones of of masked masked gunmen you know firing on on civilians. It's it's not really supposed to make you feel safe, and it wasn't that part wasn't really fun to think about, but I'm. I appreciate the movie for for going to a, a place that at least took some risks and, and and got you out of your comfort zone. Um, but the entire the way it was shot, the the roof exploding and him suddenly like falling down through the rafters and that that those cool acrobatic moves he's doing he's doing up there. I thought I thought it was a really effective sequence, despite the fact that he's really not fighting against any big bat at that point. Like it's just a bunch of goons. Yeah. Um, and then like Frankie, you said earlier, I think. Just the whole scene of, of him with the flare in the water, it's it's such a hopeful ending. Like you said, like Batman movies don't usually end on a hopeful note. They usually end kind of dark or just to be continued in some way. But this is the first time I watched the Batman movie thinking, well, I actually kind of feel 
better about myself despite having watched a three-hour movie about murder and beating people up like it actually feels pretty good at the end corruption yeah exactly i mean it's it's an achievement that the movie ends on that note and usually i'm not much of a voiceover guy but i thought pattinson's voiceover actually sold that pretty well yeah and it's a great thing that it's in madison square garden because there's no nick spanners to stop him from falling there um (laughs) (laughs) well i think that should wrap it up uh Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is a phenomenal show. Joey, I thought you did a great job today. I really want you back some more. Of course. Um, I love you guys. Are you kidding me? I'll <laughs> 100% be back. We got to do we got to do uh, a Nicolas Cage month and Ooh. let you let you go off. Yeah, Nicolas Cage match. <laughs> That's a great one. Bad lieutenant. This is why he needs to come back. Uh Coop, where can the people find you? Uh, heat.com, you know, I'm writing about the heat all the time. And on Twitter, I'm at Coop NBA, C-O-U-P-N-B-A. And I'm talking about the heat. I'm talking about basketball. I'm talking about movies. Very well. Joey, where can the people find you? Uh, at Joey Houshower, H-O-U-S-H-O-U-R. You could also find me on Heatbeat. Uh, I'm trying to be on more, I, I promise. Uh, and those are the two places you can find me. Also in the state of Florida. I'm here somewhere. And also got to give Joey a shout out. He is a uh, rising stand-up comic. Uh, Joey, when can the when's the next time the people can see see you? Do you have any shows lined up? Yeah, yeah, I got one uh, in April, probably the first week of April. Don't have a date set up, but Delray Beach for sure at a place called Porn Famous. Uh, I'll probably be hosting. Uh, so yeah, come out whenever I uh, figure out a date. Very good. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great night. <laughs>